If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here, and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett will be joined by Abby Barmore here later today in the show. But uh, spring practice, five in the books now, gentlemen, as uh, you know, it's flying by. You only get 15, and they're 33% of the way done for spring go. ball. You nailed the percent there, Sean. It's like a free throw percentage. <laughs> Journalism math right That's there. That's your free throw. <laughs> That's your three. It's my uh, stats 180 class coming back into play there. But, um, you know, uh, Tuesday was the first day, I believe, of full pads. You, you had to acclimate a couple days in helmets, a couple days in half pads. Uh, they were full. They're going to scrimmage on Saturday. So th- this is a big week just kind of in the the development of the spring as they'll go full pads Tuesday, Thursday, and then they're going to scrimmage to some extent Saturday. And you have to expect, you know, that, that I don't want to say it's going to be a sloppy scrimmage, but it's going to be a scrimmage probably this week that – they just want to get done with, but they know there's going to be a lot of things to clean up. Yeah, and uh, the numbers at some positions, I think, are going to limit just how much live to the ground, 11-on-11 football they're actually going to be able to play this spring with 12 offensive linemen. Yeah. That's a problem. Yeah, it is. Maybe. I don't know. I think Rule's starting to get a taste of kind of how weird this place is. Uh, <laughs> he was like, 12 linemen in a lot of places is just fine. I guess here it's a little low. What's well, the walk-on program. It's a <laughs> right. big part of the yeah. history. Well, right. and then you got receivers, too. You're right. bringing over defensive backs to Lil Martin to help play receiver. You're making yeah. a running back. They're a little down. Ramir yeah. Johnson, play wide receiver. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that always kind of, I think, impacts – what you're able to do, um, and I'm especially curious to see what the spring game looks like if if these number quote unquote issues well continue on through the spring. No doubt. I mean, the spring game's another story. I mean, if they want to try to do two units and all that, I don't know how you're going to do that. No. But the, what I thought was interesting is Rule saying Tuesday, the Tuesday after the first week is always a tough situation and it was it was usually always the worst practice and his tough worst it was tense it was tense okay so what what he's talking about is they had last week that was their first week so there was sort of like a honeymoon Mm -hmm. then the kids are off on sunday monday they come back today and practice and yeah and it was a little off kilter yeah yeah it was it's surprisingly intense with a game so far away you know, but they got to get a lot done. Well, and there's do. so many people there. I mean, between high school coaches, recruits, former players, former players, media. I mean, there's over a hundred people watching. It's interesting the way it is. It feel it does. It feels like an event 
you know, when you're over there. It, 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 right away you walk in and it feels really intense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure it should, but it does. Probably should. Um, you walk in, there's the sign-in table where yeah. you know, you're supposed to leave your name and... Uh, you know, if you walk in, there, there's certain places you can go. Right. And, you know, it's it's very uh, there's a lot of shouting strict, going on. Yeah, shouting. Do you notice there's a lot of shouting going on, directing going yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's there was a different tone today from the last time we were. I well, feel like that. Yeah. You know, you've talked about this. Your your colleague Bill Bush always said like. Um, when he was at LSU in places like there's a fourth and fourth and short mentality every day. Mm-hmm. And with Matt rule, it like, feels like that. It feels like he, he keeps the pressure on that staff. And like those kids. And one today. It felt like we're, you know, they're, they're fourth and short getting ready for Wisconsin today. Well, and I, I don't mean to play it down. I mean, they, they only have 15 practices this spring and you got to in rule talked about, it, you got to get a lot done. Then you got to get some stuff done in the summer. Then you got to perfect you got to perfect in August, and then you have to execute in the autumn. That's the that's the the, the chain that he's looking for. So they football football is not. I mean, I always think these guys. I wonder if they second guess themselves and just be a tennis coach. I mean, <laughs> it'd be so much easier. <laughs> so this is a, this is a major undertaking right now. Yeah, guys like that though, they're wired. They're wired for this. I mean, yeah. they live and breathe football, and like this oh, is how I know. they operate. They. Like rule and his staff, you just see with the way they they run drills. Like everybody's got that same mentality, at least from the brief little windows that we've been able to see. It's not just rule; it's Ed Foley running special teams. It's um, even Rioli, Riola, who was a carryover. You know, I mean, he's kind of I think embraced a little bit of that urgency that mm-hmm. you're already starting to see. So I think that these guys. You know, it might seem like everybody's kind of panicking a little bit, but I think that's just the way that they operate and probably the way you have to operate at this level. Yeah. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we make our way uh, through opening headlines. We're going to delve more into offensive-specific storylines and defensive storylines in our next two segments. So uh, we'll keep it more big picture here um, Mm -hmm. in in headlines. (laughs) You know, something else um, that will help Nebraska here and a lot of teams down the road, the NCAA is expected to – Allow analysts. No, they no. They're, no, they're oh, not going. That's going to not happen now. It's not, not going to happen before this season. Oh, I thought it was no. going to happen. So no. that, I guess that's not, not. going to help Nebraska. Then. No, it's not going to happen. But it looked like it was going to. Now mm-hmm. it's not. Right yeah, for a period, a... it kind of did. And there was a, it, yeah, it was a little misleading according to Todd Berry of the AFCA. But no, it's not going to happen before. And that that would really separate the haves from the haves nots because you have unlimited money to pay analysts. I and think that's if, probably why they're taking more time to. Make sure that they handle that the right way, because like that's like you said, from just a pure money standpoint, that's a true separator of program resources and what certain teams are going to be able to do and pay compared to other programs that are going to get left in the dust Absolutely. in a lot of ways. And you can't set a salary cap; it almost mm-hmm. go against like labor Market, laws yeah. to say you you know, can't pay a guy. But you think about if they did allow analysts to coach on the field. You could you'll you'd be paying analysts more than like group of five coaches would be making. Probably. Nebraska would have an advantage. They have a huge staff. I mean, this is a mega staff over there. They're everywhere. Yeah. They're it's a, incredible how much support staff and I guess you'd call them analysts and GAs and quality control and God only knows what that what <clears throat> I mean, it's amazing that that staff. I don't know I don't know what the numbers are if it's bigger than Frost staff. It is. Yeah, it looks it. It definitely looks it. Mm-hmm. And there, you can tell there's more structure and maybe defined roles with what's going on over there. I think so. It feels that way. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I, know. I, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, when we went to Frost practice, they felt intense. You know, it always felt intense. When I went to 
Riley's practice, they felt intense. Uh, Bo's practice felt intense. Frank's practice, Bill Callahan. The difference intense. with Rule though is he is more in the weeds with the with mm-hmm. what's going on. Where <laughs> a little more than Riley. I mean and Frost. Frost yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Even Bo Bo would be pretty calm. Back, he'd, back, he'd stand it to fifty. Um, Bill Callahan was very much involved yeah. in what they did, though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Rule is right up there in the front lines. Oh yeah, he doesn't. It's not like Riley, where Riley would be talking to people on the sideline during the practice. Isn't that with neat, his, Steve? With his back to the action. <laughs> yeah, you'll never see. I don't think you'll. I don't think you'll see rule do rule that. say hi to you or something no, he but. like gets in there and runs drills yeah. i mean like he was like doing a, a receiver release drill with the receivers like showing how to get off the corner like, i mean like yeah. like he's in it now he's now to weeds. be fair to mike he's 40 what what is rule 48 40s yeah. made up of 40s he's about your age rob for, for <laughs> rob just turned 40 this weekend <laughs> i'm a man 48 so he's 48 and mike was 65 i mean Right, so he's, Mike's not gotta be out there doing. Even, there's probably a lot of young coaches. I mean, even Frost wasn't like that. Mm. And so, like, I think it's just to each their own. But the way I think Rule thrives in that practice environment is getting his hands in there and and yeah. participating and showing exactly what he expects uh, and you know leading by example. Yeah, he's something else. I mean, it is. I'm glad you said what you did, Sean. It does feel like fourth and one. It does, and it didn't feel like that. Could I have Frost. just given you a Sunday column? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I got you through Tuesday. Yeah. Well, I, we, I like this recruiting. Yeah, we've been on, on a right heater now. with recruiting no. columns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, no, it's, it does feel that way, and it should feel that way here. It should. Mm-hmm. And the, it carries down. You can sit in the players. In their, I mean, it just has a feel to it, and, and that's what you want. It's very, very, very early. I mean, we're not making any strong no. Proclamations here. No, we're not doing it. We're just making some early observations of what we see. But all right, we got a full show on tap here. Uh, We're going to talk more offensive specific storylines. We're talking quarterbacks, running backs, O line, tight ends, including Harry Gilbert, who just looks like a monster, by the way. Uh, And we'll hit on all that next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Hey, U.S. Cellular customers, I've got good news. So don't hit skip forward just yet. I'm talking about their special customer event, Us Days. Hi, Sean Callahan with the Husker Online Show. So what are Us Days? It means exclusive offers just for their customers, just to say thanks, like up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. I didn't misread that. That's up to $1,200 off, and they must really like you all. Us Days at U.S. Cellular, exclusive offers just for you, just to say thanks. Right now, U.S. Cellular customers get up to $1,200 to upgrade to any new phone. Terms apply. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Wash it. The mics are hot, Steve Sipple. Yeah. The mics are hot, by Got the it. way. Uh, you just enjoy that music too much sometimes. But um, <laughs> we're talking offensive spring storylines for Nebraska. And I want to hit on quarterbacks. We got our first taste of Jeff Sims. Um, you know, no Casey Thompson yet. And that was interesting in its own right because I always felt like there was kind of a political <laughs> effort when there's quarterbacks. Like, it's going to be the quarterback day, mm-hmm. so nobody's feelings get hurt or whatnot. Oh, yeah. Um, it was Good Jeff point, Sims Sean. today. No, Kay- mm-hmm. no Casey Jeffs share the day. It was Jeff Sims, and we got to hear Jeff Sims for the first time um, at least speak after our practice. And uh, said so he's got to get used to that cold weather in Nebraska, and that, that's a little uh, 
I would say concerning, no, but it's fine. Um, it's, it, it was interesting to hear him say that. He said the coldest he's been in is 47. Now he's a native of Jacksonville, and he played at Georgia Tech. God, it was pretty cold. He never at the played in Boston College. Maybe like, he's possibly didn't. It's just strange to me. Yeah, for he said the coldest. I don't. I interpret it as the coldest he's played in. He he said the coldest he's been in. Now that would be amazing if he's. Yeah, I don't know about that. Anyway, he's had to adjust to it. He said he said he came out the first practice in sleeves and said this doesn't even really help. So he's going sleeveless. I don't think it should be made a big deal of. I mean, he's. I mean, I, I'll tell you what, he's the best looking of those guys mm-hmm. physically. Man. Looks like Vince Young. Yeah, he does. He's poised. You could tell. He he said. I don't know if it was you that asked him what's the transition been like, and he said, "Hey, I mean, it's my fourth year in college, so it shouldn't be that hard, right?" Right. You know, you know the day-to-day yeah. operations and that. So, I mean, like the physical stuff, I don't think that's much of an issue. Well, I don't think the it's, I don't think the off-field is much. Yeah, and I mean, it's just can he do all the other things necessary to be a starting quarterback? In the Big Ten, can you beat out Casey? Exactly. Can you beat out Casey? Can can you win your room, and then can you get the 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 offense to buy in around you, and can you master the offense to where when the bullets are live, you're out there playing at a high level. So that's that's the one thing that Casey has on him right now, where he's done it at Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And granted, it was a different offense, different coaching staff, and whatnot. But he was been out there in November Mm -hmm. and played meaningful football games and won meaningful football games. So Sims has a lot to like. Just from his athleticism, um, the dynamic dual threat ability that he apparently has. Oh, he has. We You've have seen not. It. We have not seen him like throw a meaningful pass. Like uh, as far as our viewing opportunities, right? I mean, like they haven't even just thrown, done film thrown against a defense. So we'll see what that picture looks like in person. But um, from the surface, it looks like Which Nebraska good. has a lot to work with there. It's just oh. a matter of can can he close that gap from the established standpoint that Casey has. And for full context, like what we get to see at practice. It's no teamwork. It's all individual position work, on-air throws, yeah. stretching, warm-ups, which is, I mean, we're, we're, I'm, I'm not complaining one bit. That's what we get to see um, because that, that, that's pretty much the norm at most places, but we're not seeing seven-on-seven seven or team or inside run or you know throws with coverage on them. Um, so you're right. I mean, until we go to that red-white spring game um, or maybe Matt Rule said, you know what, we'll let you guys watch that scrimmage, um, which is doubtful, but – We'll see. We'll you never see. know. You never know, but you're right. No, there's no, there's no real conclusions to draw right now for, from our standpoint. Um, through Just only five – through Yeah, through only five practices. But, by the way, Casey did throw some passes mm-hmm. in, in the early stages of individual work today. Yeah. Just threw some short – just threw some short passes. They downplayed that though. Matt did. I don't even know if Matt. Yeah. So he, he, I don't even know if Matt was aware of it. The throws he does are, has nothing to do with the team work. So he's not in there with the QBs running drills. He's right. He's in a yellow jersey, no yep. pads. He's off to the side with the other guys um, that are out for spring, uh, kind of just doing their own thing. But he is throwing a football. He did throw and a few. He, he didn't look like, you know, he threw a few. He was totally hurt by it or anything like that. So I. I Encouraging, and you know, one of the follow-ups Matt Rule had was that he's getting close to actually being cleared to do more stuff as far as what he can do day to day in practice. Yeah, he looks so good. He's not there yet, but he is making good progress. That's, right. good. That's good photo, of Casey, right there. That's uh, from practice Tuesday, yellow jersey. You can see. Um, all right, let's talk running backs because Anthony Grant was back at practice. We know he's there Saturday. I don't know if he practiced 
the days leading up. How many? I mean, it's unknown how many practices he was suspended for. Saturday for sure, though, right? I know for sure he practiced Saturday. Yeah. Um, but we don't know about um, the other days last week before Saturday. But I'll tell you, Grant, um, I don't want to say he looked smaller to me, but he looked, he looked a little lighter in, Did he? in the pictures that we had from practice today. Yeah, I didn't see him. I never laid eyes on him. I don't him. know if he's lost weight, but – that's that's gonna be a battle. Oh God, yeah, because now Irvin's a factor. They love Gabe Irvin. They really like Gabe Irvin. Matt Rule goes out of his way to go above and beyond with his compliments. Yeah, I didn't Irvin. even put it in the in the practice clips because he said it before. Mm-hmm. I it probably needs to be reiterated. Maybe yeah, put a he, message he's, board post. He's saying he's doing some really, really, really physical things. Yeah, you know, they really like him. So I mean, like Matt Rule, like one. I think he kind of tipped his cards a little bit where uh of what he really looks for in a you know true number one running back is who can finish games in the fourth quarter they want to get at least 75 yards rushing in the, in the fourth quarter to win and he was while while he said that he was talking about gabe Irvin Jr. yeah he was uh he, he was complimentary of the room he said i don't know what the rest of the big 10 mm-hmm. he said i don't know what the rest of the big 10 has but we have a good running back room it's their best position group on offense clearly it's, I don't even hard to argue. Yeah, I mean, maybe you could say, maybe you could say quarterback. Now, if like okay, let like months down the road, if Fedoni's Fedoni, yeah, a healthy yeah. tight end, room. Gilbert's back to being like an All American level player. Good point. Then tight end all of a sudden becomes like yeah, if you, yeah. If you're good at quarterback, tight end, running back, yeah, maybe Billy Kemp get 55 catches. I mean, it might be all right on offense. But AJ Allen Just too. Saying. They mentioned AJ Allen. He's, he's hitting some big runs too. So like that home run ability, yeah. is starting to show. And Rami and Ramir, 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 Tomanaga. We'll play that game, the Tomanaga Ramir game. <laughs> Ramir hit a six, hit a home run, sixty yeah. yards. We'll, we'll, we'll day. see what his role is. Um, he's kind of bouncing around, but yeah, he's I, bouncing he, around again. Even Emmett Johnson, you know, they Matt Rule said he looks like a point guard out there with the way that he sees the field yeah. and that vision that he has. So, yeah. I mean, you can, you can see he, he's not hiding his excitement about that. Group. He likes that group a lot. Yeah, E.J. Barthel, I think, has walked into a very good situation. Oh, boy, did he. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to overstate it, but, well, you can just say. Yeah, keep those guys healthy for one. Well, Grant ran for 900-plus. You, you saw A.J. Allen, what he did. He looked like he was about to overtake Grant. So that right, right away, you're pretty good. Then you have Gabe Irvin, who started Start two games as a, as a true First freshman. true freshman to start an opener in program history. Right. So it's not all just us hyping them. They've done things, you know. And Ramirez was their leading rusher among the running backs in 2021. They got a room there. That's they four do. deep right there. Yeah. Basically four guys that have started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, A.J. Allen didn't technically start, but. I mean, it, it was. I don't know. Yeah, no, you're right. I don't know what to think about um, Ramirez back in the slot. It was just today. Yeah. It was just today, they and said. They were kind of desperate. I mean, obviously, yeah. with that and then um, with Martin, Jalil Martin moving over. So, I mean, they just needed some bodies, I think. So, I think that's what it but is. But he did say uh, in his interview that he was open to doing that more. He did. If he needed. was. And maybe that's just him being a great team player. He, but that's what Ramirez is. really hope that he can just or, find a spot. I almost wish he, he put his foot down and say, hey, pick a spot here. All right. Maybe he knows he won't play at running back right now over the other maybe. guys. Maybe. And you, know, you look at that scholarship chart, those six freshmen, not a one of them are here right now. Mm. So they are lighter on numbers mm-hmm. when you when you get into it. Um, Alante Brown's not here as we lighter know. Lighter at receiver, you're saying. Yeah, yeah like quali- lighter on quality numbers. I mean, they have numbers, but Xavier Betts back. Hardy, I don't really – and Victor Jones, I, they're not really factors when you talk about guys today. They don't come up. 
Um, Garcia Castaneda is back in the picture. Betts is back in the picture. Washington Fleeks, Cakes. So those top five, I think, are pretty solid. Uh, but after that, by the way, Jeremiah Charles, how about this, guys? He went 50 feet three inches in the triple jump last oh, weekend. <laughs> that would have been top ten in the Big Ten. And then um, the other receiver, Jalen Lloyd, not only runs 10-4, but he went fifth, he's gone 50 feet three and a half and over 25, I believe, in the, tri- in the long jump. That's top ten Big Ten. Yeah, in, in, the, in the indoor meet this past mm. year. Man. So he went state here. Probably. So they've got some expl- – um, no, actually, oh. um, Jalen Lloyd would have beat him by a half inch in oh, terms okay. of PRs. But they're right. He's right with Jalen Lloyd, who's okay. considered one of the best track and field athletes in the state's history. Whoa. So they, just dropping knowledge over there. I mean, you got, you, Bryce, you got Bryce Turner, who runs a 10-2. You got Malachi Coleman. We know his type of mm-hmm. speed. I mean, the amount of track speed they're going to bring at receiver will be fascinating. It's kind of exciting. It is. The fourth down mentality and all – man. Yeah, that fourth down thing's been lacking here a little bit. You do feel it. Mm-hmm. I wish you'd pick up a little bit of that shot. <laughs> <laughs> all right. On that note, <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk some defensive storylines from street practice. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Watch will be back with us here uh, talking defensive storylines. Rob, by the way, is working on some basketball stuff. He's he's always he's scoop. He's kind of the man on basketball. Can we say that? He's got some scoop. He's so he is off camera pounding his keyboard him. right now. Yeah. He's hunkered in. He's it's fourth and one here, baby. Yeah, it is. Every day. Every day. <laughs> uh, but let's talk uh, defensive storylines for yes. Nebraska this spring. We we got to talk to Tony White this week at length. Um, he's got a real positive energy to him. I mean, you can just tell, like, guys like him, respect him. He's got a co- three coaches with him on staff that were at Syracuse, but he's obviously blending in a lot of Matt Rule's guys with him. Um, he's never – he played for Matt Rule. At UCLA years ago, Rule was there. That's that's their connection. But just the development of this scheme, the personnel, the defensive line, there's a lot there that we've kind of taken in this first week. There is. Now, the one thing, caveat, Sean, I'm going to add here is you heard Rule today say that he doesn't want his coaches to evaluate players in terms of where they fit on a depth chart. Do you notice that? He doesn't even want to, want him to look at it that way. He doesn't want to give out. I mean, they're not going to give depth charts out probably during spring, are they? No, he said they're not going to. They're going to wait till summer, August. So he doesn't even want his coaches to evaluate him that way, teach him, develop him, and then we'll deal with that. So now there's guys that have made an impression, and remember what Tony White said. I mean, he just couldn't praise Malcolm Hartsog enough. And Hartsog, I watched today. God, he is impressive. I mean. I don't know what it is. He, he, he's got all the intangibles, and his, his tangibles are good too, though, except that size, which he clearly overcomes with intangibles and, 
and his uh, intelligence. And he's an athletic kid. Yeah, and he was so under the radar just being not in a big city in Mississippi, and he's not big. Remember when he got recruited? It was like, where did this come from? Yeah, I remember. I mean, it, was, it was off the radar completely. I had to do that. I, you know, I had to fill in. I was filling in. Ooh, I might have been at the Journal Star then. I, I did his verbal commitment, and I remember having a hard time getting information on him. Well, there were like two groups of guys that year. There was kind of like a push of guys in December, yeah. and he was in that push to like kind of have some people to sign in December. Then there was like a push of transfers and others in January, um, and, and that had a little bit more okay. flash to it. You know, the Trey Palmers of the world and the yeah. Casey Thompsons, and those guys came after that point. But he, he was – you're right. Just didn't have much juice juice because he was so under the radar. Yeah. Then, and remember when they started him, when it became apparent that he was going to start last year and that was at, against Indiana. Rutgers. Oh, at Rutgers. It was, wow. Are they, they're really starting. Or was it the Indiana game? It was Indiana. It, Rutgers was the second game, I believe, as a starter, I believe. And then, well, what happened at Rutgers was interesting, Sean. Remember Rutgers put a taller receiver on him, Noah ran vertical. Ran verticals and beat him twice. Beat Hartsog twice, and and those coaches on the sideline, they there was some, what do we do here? And that and the ruling was from Bill Bush, keep him out, keep him keep him out out there. Don't take him off the field. Let him work through this. They did. Got an interception at the end of the game to seal it, and then had a great season. It sounds like safety could be his long term. That's fit, the other though. thing. Yeah, they're moving him around. You know. There's this thought, I think, by some people on our message board, especially that you have to be like a big linebacker almost to be. A, you can be a small safety. Right, you can. Be. You don't have to be like. Buford's a small six two two hundred to be a safety. No, Buford, the starting safety last year, 5'10", you know, one, probably one. Under 200 pounds. Yeah, under 200, yeah. And Buford out this spring, and so we don't really know how he's going to come back either. Could play corner, too. Uh, Miles Farmer, um, you know, Probably what's his position going to be? Not corner. Nickel, safety. Could be nickel, yeah. It, it feels as if – Oh, almost, Rover. They're adding Rover. I mean, they're, that's the thing, Sean. The three three five. so in the five, they call that fifth defensive back more of a Rover. Rover, yeah. So you might see Farmer at something like that, or you might see him at safety. Omar Brown, though, it oh, yeah, feels like he's going to have a role. Oh, it does. It just, there's just a feel about him, and he was messed up last year. He just wasn't ever fully healthy last Back year. Back issues, right? Um, you know, you've heard his name quite a bit. You know, there's other guys that we haven't heard much on on that back end, but Omar Brown. You've heard a lot. Then the other thing that you see that's impressive is those transfers really looked apart. Particularly Borders and Sherman. I mean, I got to look at Sherman today, and they just look ready. They're guys, and when I say that, people are going to say, what the hell is that supposed to mean? Well, the only way I can explain it is there are guys, when you go over there and see them, they don't look ready. You can just see it. They just don't. They like Jacob Hood. Yeah, they physically. And he's big and yeah. tall, but he's not ready yet. Yeah, and then there's guys that just aren't strong enough. You and there's can, Chief. You can, you can eyeball them and see, no, he's not ready to play. Um, but those guys, yeah, they look physically ready. I don't know if they're mentally and all that, but they're, they're definitely physically ready. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk defensive storylines. Um, you know, that defensive line I still think continues to be a weak spot. It's going to continue to be until, until they figure out what, who their guys are and what they want to do. But Ty Robinson's not practicing. Um, but the portal portion of that defensive line, can they find 
essentially what they had to do last year and yeah. get, get get a rent a player. I wonder. Sean, Does Rule want to take a like a, a rent a player where you just get like a one year transfer in? There's the D line right there. See, so you have Stephon Win. You know he's going to play. You know Hut Hutmacher's got to play. Robinson's got to play. Now, now you wonder among the big bodies is how good's Judy and is Buckley ready? Okay, that's one, two, three, four, five. Wallen, Kai, Kai Wallen, smaller. He's he's not big. No, he's a smaller guy. So now then you wonder. Robin was. I was talking to Robin, and he said Riley Van Poppel's a big man. Oh, he was at practice today. Yeah, big with man. his dad, Todd Van Poppel. Whew. Now I don't know if a guy can come in there and give you some reps. It's hard to say. Um, and you mentioned the transfer portal, which could be an option. But I don't, Sean. I don't know that I describe them as weak. They're just light on numbers. It might. I wouldn't. I would you say that the defensive line was a weakness last season? Um. It was average. It was probably. yeah. It it was serviceable. Serviceable. I wouldn't say it was. Weak. I still don't think Hutmacher gave Nebraska what we thought he was going to give them last year. Not I thought yet. he was going to give them more. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You, know, you just think about where they were at compared to like when they had Darian Daniels, Damian Daniels, the the, the twins, the twins, Cleo oh, yeah. and Carlos Davis. Mm-hmm. To even before that with Malik Collins, I mean, just, they just don't have guys. We know that. They don't have guys they don't, like They that. don't have those guys. And that's why Nebraska is Nebraska right now. They don't have those kind of guys right now. Thank you. That's well put, Sean. I mean, maybe, but now the, the wild card is could Nash develop into that type of guy? Uh, could Robinson? I mean, Robinson hasn't. I, I can't believe Robinson's played his best football here. You know, I think his best football is to come. He's got two years. If he wants to play for six, he has two yeah. years. Abby pointed out today while we were watching, Stefan Wynn is is gigantic, not in a bad way. He's just like running into a house, Sean. If I ran into him, it'd be like running into a house. I mean, he's a he's massive. Now, now, how's that going to look come August? I don't know. They're just. I wish. I just wish they had one or two more guys in there that you could point to and say they're ready. Like Colton Feast, like we've talked about, would have been. Yeah, he, he would have helped a lot. Just to have him. Oh, he would have helped a lot. Just the 30, 40 snaps he could give you, it would ease a little bit going into this year. I wonder, like, if I was in a, in a private conversation with Rule, it'd have to be private because he's not going to talk about – he's not going to lay it on the line with you publicly about Feast. But I'd like to say there's not that many big guys out there. Why, why would you let one walk away, you know? Well, even Garrett Nelson didn't make the combine – Right. How to go to? I mean, like God, if they could, if they just have Feast and Garrett Nelson back this year, yeah, things feel a little different up quite, front. Quite a bit different. The yeah. defense looks a lot different. Quite a bit different, actually. Like, yeah. oh, I, I'm okay. O'Shawn was never going to come back again. No, he's not no. talking to the media. No. He's not. You notice he didn't talk to the media the other day. He hasn't. I've reached out to him two or three times. No go. So it'll be interesting to see what they do to that D line, and that will be something we'll talk about here uh, throughout the rest of the spring when we come back. Uh, We're going to take your questions in the mailbag. Abby Barmore will join us next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Ron Washett back now with us here. Uh, Abby Barmore joining us as well as we are taking your questions in the mailbag as uh, we are knee-deep in spring practice. Abby, where are you starting off the conversation? All right, here we go. If you were able to choose a kid that is most likely to commit among the four and five stars that visited last weekend, who would it be? Carter Nelson, I think, is a logical one. Whoa, really? I mean, where, where's he going to go? Like, you think he's going to go to Notre Dame over Nebraska? It's a good question. Okay, so it's really fascinating what he's doing up in the first part of April. Easter weekend. Easter weekend, five, five SEC schools in six days. I'm just saying, Sean, he seems very open to the yeah. idea of going somewhere. I just have a hard time seeing Nebraska get beat, mainly for his family's sake. You know, their coaches, teachers, educators, like how the in Ainsworth, you know, to go watch him play. It's not going to be easy to get to Lincoln. Remember what his dad said, though. He said, where they're from, it's always going to be a distance to see him. Yeah. So why does it matter? See, I don't know. that. And here's the thing to say, and you've said this. They play it really close to the vest. Whew, they, they choose their words carefully. The, I mean, Carter Nelson and his father do. You can't tell. He doesn't let you. He doesn't let you tell what's going on. I like Gage Ginther, the chance. And we're going to talk more about some of these recruits in the next segment. But Offensive um, tackle from Fort Collins. You know, Andrew Sprague had some great comments for Brian Munson. He's very high on the staff. Uh, his coach did, Kelly Donahoe, O'Neill, Nebraska native at Brockhurst High School, a head coach there, coached the Davis Twins at Blue Springs as well. Um, so, I don't know, anyone else? I mean, I think they made a lot of ground with Frazier. I really do. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't regard – Nathaniel Frazier's a long shot. I mean, I think they're in the. I think they'll. I. They're in I the wouldn't ring. be surprised if he's back for an official. You know, I mean, come on, it was real what you saw and you, what you heard. I think it if you're real. Nebraska, you strategize now to get some of these guys back for the spring game. Absolutely. Then, then you get them back in June for an official. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's basically what Rule said. It's the plan. It's like we're not recruiting these guys. Like we weren't like actively recruiting these guys. We were just. Showing them what we're all about, what what it's like to be here. Take in a practice, see how we operate on the field, see how guys operate in the locker room, to see what the campus vibe did is, that. and set that tone and that foundation yeah. to come back. Yeah, and the he, guys that come back, that's when you really start to get serious yeah. about possible. Coaching. Rob's right; he did say that. We don't. What he? I mean, he said we don't have fancy lines, and mm-hmm. uh, we just show them what it is. It's it's fascinating. Rules, man. I mean, rule is. You got to listen to him because the more he says, the more interesting he gets to me. You remember Phil Amasian? Yeah. He had a line about recruiting at Nebraska and anywhere in general, actually. And he said, look, you get him here once, good. You get him here twice, you're in really good shape. You get him back for a third visit, you darn near have to, and I can't use the word on the radio, mess it up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. To um, That's not what you're trying him. to do with these yeah. guys. So you get him back for the spring game, a couple of these guys. Then you get him back in June for an official. That's how you win. You get him here three times in three months. Yeah. Uh, I mean, why not Gatlin Bear? I mean, I think they got a shot at Gatlin Bear. It sounds like it. The problem is when Gatlin Bear starts playing college football, Sip, you you might be living in Florida by that point. Yeah, I doubt it, the way things are going right now. But I I, um, – uh, no, I'll no he's, I mean, he's going to miss two. I'll be working for you until I'm 80, probably, if you don't mind. Um, Good. I need, <laughs> I need you. I, I No, Gatlin Bear sounds – now, 
I hope people understand he's going on a mission. I mean, he's Gatlin Bear. I've be, got a ton of respect for him, too. I mean, he, right to, away he's going on a mission. To give up everything he has right now mm-hmm. for what he believes in and mm-hmm. go on. I mean, that, that, that takes a ton of res- discipline and mm-hmm. dedication, and you know, that, that's awesome. Yeah. But, I, I mean, the guys we talk to, they can't really feign interest. You could see the – you could hear the interest. Go ahead, Ann. All right, next one. What's the max number of post-spring transfer portal targets you expect? And same with post-spring mm-hmm. departures. Go ahead, mm-hmm. guys. Well, they got to have about 15 departures still. Yeah. Um, I would say they need 15 departures, so they have to have 15. Um, but I would say two to three transfer additions. Yeah. Yeah. Rob, with the lines being the priority, you I hope think, so. You would think, especially with the talk about the limited numbers on the O line, like that's a group that probably could add a piece or two, maybe a potential starter two. We'll see, but yeah, I think I mean, that's the first thing. Like Sean said, they they got to create some room before they take anybody at this point. They're yep. almost at a hundred still right now. See, yeah, uh, after sp- the spring game, it will stay busy. I mean, there's going to be a weeks. lot of news. Yeah, there's going to be a there lot is of no news. off season. The portal's open for we two don't weeks. Need an off season. Yeah, there you go. So there'll be news popping. I don't know what kind of name, like if there will be recognizable, real, everybody's recognizable in this market, I guess, but big name players going into the portal from Nebraska. Do you envision that? Yeah, and, it, you know, even like some Could of the, be a big quarterback. I mean, yeah. you could see one of those Maybe quarterbacks. Maybe a running go. back. Yeah. And some DBs. That's a big room right now. It is. Yeah, there's a lot of DBs. Good point, Rob. Oh. So. Yeah, those rooms you really want. quarterback room you got to watch. All those guys are big names. Scholarship linebacker. There's some. There's some linebackers there. Is there? In that yeah. lower level group. Freshman sophomores. The, the early sophomores. There's you know there's four guys there that you don't really don't see much them. of a roadmap for. Right. And if that's how they see it after the spring, what's their thought going to be? Yeah. Fifteen's a pretty big number. It's. It All right, Abby. What do you got next? If Nebraska lands Dylan Rayola, who should his top three or first three targets be to join him as a Husker? Mm. Ah, not good enough. Brandon Baker, Ryan yeah. Wingo, Williams okay. Barney. Those are good. <laughs> I mean, that'd be about, I mean, that but that's easy. Those like, are good names. Those those all make sense. But Nathaniel Frazier, I don't know if he really knows Dylan, but I do know Brandon. I mean, you saw uh, our own Hayes Fawcett, the the famous Hayes Fawcett with Husker fans. Uh, had a great edit that he put out on his social media channels, and Megan can probably find that. Um, it's Brandon Baker with Dylan Riola, uh, the two of those guys together, and, and they're—I they're, don't want to say they're in cahoots, but they, they communicate. Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, I hope people understand. If Nebraska got Brandon Baker, I mean, that would almost be as can I say this? Almost be as big as getting Dylan Riola, the number one because Brandon He's the number Baker, one offensive tackle in the country. He could. He could come in and, and take your – I mean, I, I don't want to say left tackle because there will be veteran guys back in the program yeah, next year. But he, he could be like a right tackle immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it would be monumental to get him. Yeah, I, should, I probably went too far with that. I don't know if I'd go that far. All right. You're talking about a Husker legacy, arguably the best quarterback in the country. Yeah. But a lot of people – if they got Brandon Baker, because even Brandon and I talked, and Nebraska wasn't even on the radar – and it was the Riolas that put Nebraska on the radar for him, you know, just like, you know, told him more about the program and, and just things about the program and and just the way linemen. I mean, I think Brandon Baker found it fascinating that both the Outland Trophy Dinner and the Remington Trophy Dinner, the two 
award winner dinners for offensive linemen yeah. hold their banquets in here. the state of Nebraska. Yeah, here. I mean, it's pretty. You know, and he's a smart, he's a cerebral guy. That kind of stuff would make more of an impression on him than some. You, you, we sat across from him. Oh yeah, very. He's very. Didn't he strike you as very intelligent? He asked a lot of detailed questions, yeah. like, like, do you like living in Nebraska? Like, he, he just was like really curious about Nebraska. You could tell, like, and I think when they first got here, you know, they were a little on. But I think after a full day or two here, a lot of their thoughts have changed, and Maybe. and that that's typically what happens. I know. Yeah, there are always a. Not all of them, but many of them are always a little surprised. See, we're down in the Haymarket. That's where our offices are. And, like, Frazier just kept looking. Frazier just kept looking out that window. I know. I noticed that, too. Yeah. Frazier kept looking out the window. I think they're sort of amazed by what they see. It's kind of why I opened the windows that night, too, because the light's not a problem. Like, you know, it looks cool to see the Haymarket. And and Frazier just kept looking during the whole interview. Yeah. I mean, we're in a really good spot. I mean, I'm not – like we might have one of the best views in the Haymarket from yeah. our office window, and I'm not exaggerating. Yeah, it goes right down there. You can just see right down there. the street. Yeah. All right, Abby, we have time for um, two more. Okay, looking at pictures from today's practice, it seemed like more future Huskers and recruits are checking out practice before they join the team. Has that changed from the yeah, previous there are, years? I mean, I would say there's a much more steady stream. Every practice. There's every day. Five practices, five. Well, so they've had recruits on campus every day since the start of the recruiting period and opened. Tuesday's group wasn't by any means like high profile. Riley Van Poppel was there as a signee. Mm-hmm. Malachi, Malachi Coleman, Coleman was there. Um, Brady Bokes, set from Elkhorn South was there. He's, you know, doesn't have any offers. I mean, you had a Minnesota lineman there with no offers. Mm-hmm. But they're getting guys here and to evaluate, to visit with, to let them see things. Uh, there's been a lot of high school coaches in rule, and I've heard him speak to the local coaches. He's very open about letting them in. And he said, I have what I call an open campus policy, meaning my campus, my practices, my workouts, they're open to you. Meaning you, if you want to come in, you call my staff, tell them you're so-and-so, so-and-so, and you can come in and you can watch my workouts, my practices. I don't care if it's a Friday before a game. You can come. Wow. See, now the interesting thing will be to see if that continues mm-hmm. once there's some losses and it's rough. Because it gets rough for everybody. Or, if, you know, these anonymous detailed message board reports right. start coming out. Right. And he's probably una- unaware of that sort of thing here. Now, what ha- what happens when that happens? Now he is. Yeah, now. Because he hasn't gotten to the, the heat of it. Not the heat. See, that's what – it'll be interesting to see if that in year five – if he's here, that we're talking about the same. Because there is an underground element of Nebraska football. Oh yeah, that is different than almost anywhere imaginable. Yeah, and, and, and it is. And, and it's I anonymous. Mean, Sean, we've it's been around. Rob's been around. It's around freaky. A, I mean, yeah, Rob's been around a long time. We've all been around a long time. So people don't come at us and say, "Oh no, come on, it's like that." Every no, it's not. It's really not. no. And uh, people that come here from other places say that to you yeah. too. Yeah. So I don't know that Rule knows about it yet. I mean, he's got to find out. Yeah, and it's one thing to be told about it, but until like the honeymoon, you are the subject of those underground posts yes. and rumors and, yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's different. Yeah, life changes. I mean, people's character and names get killed, killed, and yeah. a lot of it's not even true, right. which is interesting. All right, final question of the mailbag. All right, so we have the final four is set. Who do you think will be in the national championship? UConn's going to win it all, right? 
I mean, isn't that the pick right now? You would think. Yeah. I'll be rooting for Florida Atlantic. I want Florida just for Atlantic. the story. And, man, they're playing. They're good. Miami's balling, too, though. I'll go. Yeah, I don't. It's I shouldn't. I shouldn't them. portray UConn as a complete slam dunk, but you know they're the lowest seeded team left. They were ranked number one for a good share of the season. I think they're the most complete team remaining. They're huge. When Miami's playing to its full potential, they are up there, right up there. With them. But they've they've kind of been a little volatile. Right right now, they've been peaking. So I just wonder. Can they sustain that? For Sean knows how I am about size. I don't. I'm not big on small football and basketball players. I, I, they have their place in the world. I get it. There's there's exceptions to everything, but but look at UConn's roster. They have one player under six two. Eleven guys are six four or taller. They go with six nine seven foot in the lineup. Well, they bring that seven footer off the bench, but he's prominent. They're huge. I mean, that's a huge roster. It's. Six four or taller, eleven guys. When they walk out on the court, that, that's what it should look like, in my opinion. The Final Four field, though, I joked to Rob, and it, it looks more like a field that you would see play in like some multi-team the, event. The Maui Invitational, not even the Maui Invitational, like the one that's well, not like even in, good enough. Yeah, like the one that's in like in Orlando or the Orleans Arena in Vegas. It's, I mean, it's 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 fascinating. Um, you got two Adidas schools there, though, which is big for Adidas. Um, Who are they? Florida Atlantic and Miami. Those are Adidas schools. Interesting. Just real quick, before, I don't know if we're going to get time in it. Uh, news just broke. Uh, Nebraska is going to host Arizona transfer point guard Kerr Kresa hmm. on an official visit beginning today, Tuesday, till tomorrow, Wednesday. Is that he right? Is, he is the reigning Pac-12 leader in assists, averaged just under 10 points per game, shot 37% from three, uh, had Kind of some volatile stuff with injuries and, you know, missed time and whatnot. But um, some notable transfer news, finally. I know people have been asking a lot oh, about yeah, ask you every when day, Nebraska man. is actually going to start hosting some visitors. Well, here's here's a big one right off the bat. Okay, good one. What's the name again? Kerr Krisa. Okay, thank you, Rob. All From right. Estonia. When do you think he'll make a decision? I don't know. He just visited West Virginia this weekend. Uh, he's here in Nebraska. We'll see if he takes any more visits. Because a lot of the portal guys like don't. Maybe two, three yeah. visits for a transfer. Yeah. Some wow. breaking news there from Robin Watchhead. All right, when we come back, we'll close the show. Sip and I are going to give some final thoughts on the football recruiting weekend. We spent a lot of time with these guys in Lincoln uh, during our special interviews we did called Recruit Spotlight. You can watch all those, by the way, which they were outstanding and fun interviews to do on the Husker Online YouTube channel. We'll break all that down next. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online show, Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel. Thanks again to Abby Barmore, Robin Washett, uh, Sip and I here again just because we want to talk more recruiting, Sip. We spent a lot of time this past weekend, I mean a lot of time, mm-hmm. um, interviewing nine of the different recruits. How about that? And thanks again to Tanner Sports Bar and Grill and Tavern 180 uh, for sponsoring uh, these uh, recruit spotlight interviews that we did here on Husker Online. And we're going to plan to do more of these. And um, Tanner's wants to keep doing it. And uh, we've got other sponsors that are interested in it now as well after seeing how well it went this last weekend. But 
I want to get to what you picked up from the weekend. I'll share my thoughts as well. But um, when you sit back and look at the guys we talked to, the conversations we had with some of the best football players in America right here in the studio, what were some of your thoughts? Oh, the Cal- to two California kids, super highly ranked, Brendan Brandon Baker, the top-ranked offensive tackle in the country, and Nate Frazier, the number one running back in California. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sean. I'm, and I don't want to build false hope here, but they seemed genuinely interested in Nebraska, especially Frazier. But also, I wouldn't – like, if I were a Nebraska fan, I would not count out those guys. Now, it's going to be tough. you got to pull them from the West Coast, particularly with Baker. You have to pull him from Oregon, where his brother played. And he, clearly, Oregon has been a favorite. But if you listen to him and if you read recent comments he's made – Oregon changed offensive line coaches, and that definitely affected the conversation. He clearly, Nebraska clearly made an impression on Brandon Baker. Um, and you heard Frazier. You, you heard that everybody heard it that watched the interview. He was excited about Nebraska. So we'll see where it goes, Sean. Yeah, for, I mean, of all the videos we did, those got the most views, and, and Frazier actually got the most. I mean, Is that people, right? People loved that guy's personality, and, and, I mean, he was fun. We could have done a whole show with that guy. Yeah, he's a running back, and he, he, his dad was here. and his CJ. Dad, CJ kind of laid out the running back tradition for him, or part of it, you know. He, he kind of had an awareness of the running back tradition, the young Nathan, Nathan did, Nathaniel. Um, so, yeah, that – okay, and then I would say – I thought it was interesting, Gatlin Bear – just kind of dropped into the conversation that he's the most highly recruited player to ever come out of Idaho. He volunteered that. Gatlin had um, a little bit of Nathan <laughs> Gary to him. Like he, he rem- did. He, like he reminded me of Nate Gary at that, that age. Uh, he's probably an inch taller than Nate was, but similar speed, confidence. Yeah. I mean, they look alike. They kind of do. He, this, he's a little leaner, this Gatlin Bear, right? I mean, Nate. Nate was like one ninety five. Okay, um, so he was. Like, yeah, you remember him better than I do. I remember him as a Husker. He got big, right? Yeah, he he kind of ballooned up, and I mean, he got like. I mean, he looked like a superhero by the end of his career. He did. I mean, his arms were just freakish. Yeah, yeah. So Gatlin Bear, his confidence was striking for sure. Um, and then he's the one who told Brian Munson that. I mean, he just laid it. He said Nebraska's going to run the ball. They're going to try to pull the safeties down. And that's where, and he said, that's where I come in. Um, they can't, they won't be able to put all the defense, won't be able to put everybody in the box because I'll be here. I mean, it was sort of, sort of think about, I mean, Garrett McGuire, like, you know, I think people have like had their thoughts on hiring a younger coach, but I've watched him in practice. I've been impressed with Garrett McGuire. He's very hands on. He's very, you know, the players look like they respond well to him, but Gatlin Bear, you know, he said he's intrigued by the idea of learning with a coach. Interesting way to put it. Um, they connected well, though. Yeah, they they definitely connect. Yeah, there's no well. I yeah, I think put it this way. My impression was if Nebraska gets Gatlin Bear McGuire, well, of course he'll be a leading reason, but it almost sounded like he'd be the reason. He like he really likes him, so that's good. That's a good sign. Yeah, Gatlin Bear um, this week got a Georgia offer. Think about all the access and talent Georgia. Gatlin Bear did? Yeah, Gatlin Bear. Think about all the talent they have access to. Yeah. And they, they offered an Idaho receiver. How about it? How about that? And then what you, you noticed, Sean, these guys, 
these high-end recruits are fascinating because they're going all over the place and everybody wants them to visit and they go and they go visit those kids from Connecticut uh, Jacob Smith and, and Gerard, Gerard they're like you they're, said, they're like professional week. recruits I mean I mean I've I've never seen guys get around like they have yeah it's amazing I mean they were at Alabama Georgia Nebraska last week this week they're at Michigan yeah Notre Dame I mean they, they go everywhere yeah and they're I mean what was striking about the Smith twins is their confidence. God, they're confident. I mean, I guess I would be too if I had people showering me with praise and wanting me to come to their campus all the time, you know. It was, but theirs was really striking. I mean, those are valuable players, Sean. What are we talking about today? We're talking about Nebraska needing defensive pop up front. Well, that's what those guys are. They're defensive pop up front. One's a pass rusher. One's an interior lineman. And to be clear, I think Georgia and Alabama are probably <laughs> looks the, like the teams to beat. Yeah. And um, you know, we, we'll see where that all goes. With those guys, but um, I think the two sleeper guys of the weekend, and I, I hate to call any of those guys sleepers because they're all, all nationally highly touted. Ranked, but yeah. you know, Gage Ginther. I, oh yeah, I think they're in great. And then Eli Newby, yeah, like, interesting. The lo- the lowest two ranked guys that we talked to, but I say that you know tongue in cheek because Ginther's got the best offers of any player in Colorado. See Ginther, his dad played at UNK, and his dad it reminds me sort of a Dominic Rayola, Dylan Rayola, two point Dil- Dominic. Loves Nebraska, and he's going to be influential in Dylan's decision. Gage, you heard Gage Ginther just say, "Yeah, my dad's going to play a big part in this, and he loves Nebraska." And if if this kid had a good visit, Nebraska's going to be prominent in his thoughts. And he sounds like he did, according oh, to Brian. Then he did say that the situation with the Big Twelve has his attention. Yeah, oh, it does. The situation meaning it's not. Yeah, the, it's the, not as stable as the Big Ten. In the Big Ten, he says, is where they play the best football. The, the SEC and the Big Ten. I, I don't care if they have Coach Prime. Like, you know, you're looking – there's other things going on. And and I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but did, did he strike you as a Deion Sanders guy? Not – I mean, no lineman strikes me as a Deion Sanders guy. I mean, Deion Sanders – I mean, he's going to – you know he's going to recruit good corners. He already has. They're, they have two incredibly gifted corners right now that he got there um, that they'll probably start against Nebraska. I don't know, Sean. I'm a, I, now, i got to say, what coaches will tell you about Deion Sanders is his teams are tough. So I don't want to go down a road of disparagement or anything like that. Any coach that I've ever talked to says, Sipple, don't, don't, that flash is one thing. His teams are going to be tough. They're going to be tough teams. So I don't know what to make of it. It was interesting listening to um, Carter Nelson. Yeah, who, about Coach Prime. Yeah, he said – that, that they're making Prime's brand so prominent, and it seemed like it gave him a little pause. Bigger than the school itself. Yeah. And, and, and he said, I don't know what to think about that. But then he said he had a good personal meeting with him, and he's not all flash. He's just very down to earth. I mean, I, I like Nebraska's chances, though, with Ginther and Carter Nelson. I mean, I, I think in back, we didn't talk about Eli Newby. I think he, he was a guy, he's a priority guy. I think he, they, he should be. And he's got a really good wingspan. He's six he three, but he's probably got like a six five wingspan. Really impressive athlete. I mean, really impressive looking athlete. I mean, it's exactly what you need. And his personality. And yeah. he's from Bridgeport, Connecticut. I've been. I mean, I'm one of the few pretty people in Nebraska that've been to Bridgeport. It's a, it's a tough city. Oh, we got to talk about something here, Sean. 
are people? I think people are going to get tired of us talking about Deion Sanders. We got to be careful with that. That game, though, I'm just thinking about going out there to Boulder. That will be his first home game. Do you understand how full that press box is going to be? Do you understand what a crazy day that's going to be? Period. I mean, come on. It's Nebraska, Colorado, and it's prime. And it's, it's is there any second game? Okay, like it's going to be a fight between Fox and ABC for that game. Whoever has the pick that week, and if we'll, they're we'll, smart. And if we'll those know, executives are smart, we'll know. But God, if you're Fox, like they're so big on big noon kickoff, do you put that game at big noon kickoff because it's 10 a.m. in Boulder? I don't know. Or, or do you say we're gonna put big noon tick- kickoff in prime time for Coach Prime? You know, like oh, is boy. it? You yeah, mean they might do that? They might. I do mean, that. doesn't that sound? It's like, not only prime, and it's not only rule in his second game. It's you can't forget about the Nebraska Colorado dynamic. That ticket, that game yeah. is going to be insane. The like, Nebraska Colorado dynamic. You were there last time. It was heat. It was that was hot. I mean, that game felt hot. You oh, know? I mean, grown, not, not weather wise. Not kids like grown. Men and women came on the field, and they were like flipping off the Nebraska players. There were grown men grabbing their junk. I mean, <laughs> it, it was really off. I've never seen. Yeah, in, Megan, if you have time to look on the back end, Getty <laughs> Images has photos from 2019 Nebraska Colorado of the grown men on the field. Yeah, and it wasn't just like a couple. No, it, it was, was several hundred grown men it was on the field it was mildly disturbing <laughs> i just spilled my coffee over that that's awesome um <laughs> it was mildly disturbing <laughs> and sean but that was hot that day the, in, the intensity was so it was well nebraska blew a big lead yeah and that's when adrian dropped dropped cuss words in the p- press conference afterwards i mean that was a horrible loss. that game it was a horrible loss. the tra- I get it right this week. The yeah. trajectory. Trajectory. I got it right this week, folks, of the Scott Frost era. And I think Megan might be fine. There it is right there. there. There's some of the grown men on the field. Now, these look more like They're um, kids. some of Robin's fantasy football buddies. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Are they in your league, Rob? Is that guy in your league? Does he have Derek Carr? Um, I, <laughs> yeah, that's a good photo, Megan. But yeah, there's guys my age doing that. Imagine that. Well, and, and they were minutes away from leaving that stadium. Yeah. In the third quarter, yeah. if Nebraska just put that game away and then they choked it away, it was a rough. I mean, that was a signature loss. If they're if they're, if if you call it if you want to call it, Nebraska was ranked going in that game. They, they were, were ranked. And, they, and what were they up at halftime? Uh, seventeen to nothing, wasn't it? I think it was seventeen zip, something like that. Yeah. And, and then what they do when it came oh, out? It was seventeen, and it should have been more than seventeen. And what happened when they came out to start the second half? They played. No, they got a they got a uh, delay game. They got a delay on the first play, which you don't see very often. And that happened like two or three times under Frost. Oh my God. All right. On that note, um, no I more talk about to, Prime. I hope we don't have to witness that scene again on a field in Boulder. Oh. But, um, thanks again um, for joining. Uh, make sure you log on to HuskerOnline.com. We got a great special right now. $30 gets you access until August 31st. Uh, we're going to have plenty of great coverage this weekend, not only with spring practice, Husker baseball as well. Uh, so make sure you check us out. Um, like, subscribe here to us on YouTube, or download our podcast here anywhere that you can subscribe and find podcasts. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Mm.
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.